This is Viterbi Voices, your chance to hear stories about research, classes, student life, and more. Directly from our students, faculty, and other members of our engineering community. All right here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. Welcome back into Viterbi Voices. This is an episode all about how to transfer, and I'm sorry to say it, but Audrey, my co-host, is not here right now. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Paul Ledesma, Director of Undergraduate Admission at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. Audrey couldn't be here for this recording, but she'll be back definitely for the next one. But in lieu of Audrey, I have two fantastic co-hosts to join me on this one. Please introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Rebecca Bider. I'm the Associate Director for Undergraduate Admission for Viterbi. Thanks for having me, Paul. Always a pleasure. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> we got really close to that one. Um, hi, my name is Angie Solares. I'm actually new to the Viterbi Admissions staff. I'm a Senior Assistant Director, and my role will be focusing on working more with transfer students and transfer outreach. So we're excited to be here and talk about transferring. Yeah, this is Angie's first uh, episode on the podcast. I'm assuming there will be many, many more, but Angie just joined us in December of 2019. So this is what, week three for you? No, actually, yesterday was my month anniversary. Was your month anniversary? Yeah. Well, I was, you got a week off yeah, though, but true. basically for, <laughs> for the winter break. But yeah. yeah, that's great. So you've been here a full month mm-hmm. and this is your first episode. So yay, welcome to the podcast. Yay. First episode on the podcast. It's my debut into podcasting as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I think first we should start with, with you and why don't you tell everyone a little bit more about you and your background and um, then we'll talk about the transferring stuff. Sure. Um, so please don't hate me, but I actually earned my degree from UCLA. No, no reason to hate you for that. No, what am I doing here at USC now? Well, it's been a journey. So after I graduated, um, I worked in UCLA's office of admission for about three years, mostly doing freshman recruitment and dabbling a little bit in transfer stuff. Mm -hmm. And then afterward, I wanted to continue just developing my career. So I moved to USC, um, last year in July of 2018, actually not last year. I still think it's 2019, sorry, <laughs> two years ago, <laughs> two, almost two years ago, wow. and so I started working at the Central Office of Admission for about a year and a half. Here at USC. Yeah, exactly, yeah. at USC, and then now I'm here at the Viterbi School of Engineering in the Admission Office. So. Yeah, we are excited to have you, and of course, Angie joins the rest of us, and, and Becky, and myself, and Michael, and uh, Stacy, and some of you may know Matthew, and of course, our senior associate, Dean Kelly, uh, in, in working with uh, all levels of undergraduate admission and recruitment. And um, this episode is, is apropos because it's all about transferring. And this is the middle of January. Mm-hmm. And so we are coming up on the transfer application deadline. And so just a, a couple of things right off the top. If you are considering uh, to apply as a transfer student, you need to make sure that you get the common application in by February 1st. And so that's that's really all you need to do. Of course, we need to see transcripts and some other supplemental documents that we can talk about in a minute here, but we need to make sure that we hit submit on that application by February 1st. That is the transfer application deadline. That is the final deadline. We need to make sure that we meet that deadline. Um, and I think t- today what we should do is open it up to what are some of the 
frequently asked questions when it comes to transferring. I mean, the title of this podcast is going to be how to transfer to USC Viterbi. So I think that we should talk about that process. I know that we differ from a lot of other universities as to how we process transfer applications, what if our minimum requirements are, uh, and our timeline is different as well, and we ask for different things. Uh, and it's different not only from other universities, but also from applying to USC as a transfer student to another major. And so applying to USC as a transfer student for the Viterbi School of Engineering is very specific. So we have some specific guidelines and specific courses that we look for. And so I, I think we want to deal with all of that stuff. Who, who wants to start? What do we, what do we want to deal with? Um, well, I can start just yeah. kind of talking about the deadline. So uh, to be considered for admission as a transfer student, you must apply. So submit that application. Good, good first step. Good first step. <laughs> um, and like Paul said, it is due February 1st. Um, while there are some things that are a little bit different about apply, applying to one of the engineering programs over other majors at the university, the application is the same. The common application, that is what we use. Um, that is what you need to submit. Um, and there's nothing extra that students need to submit to be considered for engineering. So there's no portfolios or research papers or anything like that that you need to submit. It's just the common application. It's your transcript from any school you've ever attended. So even if it's one class at one community college eight years ago, please submit that as well. But it, it's really just the application and your transcripts. Um, as a transfer student, we don't need test scores. We don't need letters of recommendation. So it is a pretty simple application yeah. process. Common app transcripts. That's what you need to submit. Um, the only thing due on February 1st is that application. Transcripts can come in later um, as you're sort of collecting them and having schools submit official transcripts to the university. Those can come in after February 1st, but you want to make sure to get that application in on February 1st or before. Or before. Preferably. <laughs> or before, yeah. Just don't miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Anything we, we missed there, Angie? Um, no, just... If you, I think with regards to test scores, like uh, Becky was saying, they're not required unless you have less than 30 units of coursework, yeah. which for the most part, I think just most students applying to USC already have that, mm -hmm. if not more. So I don't think that's an issue right. or will be for many students, but students are always asking, do I need to submit test scores? What about subject exams? We're not really going to focus on those during our process. So no. best to... Maybe avoid a fee even to sending those if we're not really going to need them for our review process. And we, and we also ask for the uh, high school transcript yes. as well. And uh, that's really just for proof of graduation from high school or the equivalency of a diploma. Um, we're, we're looking for that just for that sake of is that complete? Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's where some of our questions actually begin, which is, oh, so if you ask for this SAT score of less than 30 units, and you're asking for my high school, am I being evaluated on those high school areas? And, and that's really not the case necessarily. We're, we're trying to understand the work that you do, the work that you've done in college, and we understand the level of rigor you're taking in college and, and just how successful you've been. It's, it's not about what's happened in the past. And I, I just want to emphasize that because I think a lot of students get nervous and they're like, well, I, maybe I wasn't so successful in high school and I had a different route and I, I took a different path. Um, and, and I just don't want students to worry at all about that. And then just kind of talking about um, if you have less than 30 units or, you know, submitting your high school transcript, um, one thing that's a little bit different for USC than maybe some other institutions that you're thinking of applying to is students can transfer to USC after one year in college. Yeah. You don't have to do two years. You don't have to have 64 units. You can apply to USC to transfer um, in your first year of college at another institution. Yeah, I think that the biggest difference, obviously, <clears throat> University of Southern California 
we're a private school in California, um, but a lot of students will get confused that we might be part of the University of California public school system, the UC system. The UC system has some very specific rules. Angie, correct me if I'm wrong here, but minimum 64 units and following the IGETC standards. Typically, yeah. Actually, Typically. 60 units. 60? Um, okay. And that's minimum. It's minimum. Yeah, they don't, I think there might be one campus that might accept sophomores. I digress, but like like you were both saying, that's where we kind of differentiate in the transfer process where a lot of students don't know that. And so really emphasize that you can transfer within the year. You don't have to get to 60 units. You don't have to do I get C, which is a whole other conversation too, because <laughs> a lot of transfers that we talk to are following I get C. And so they want to know that about that as well. Right. We have some very specific course recommendations as to what we want to see to evaluate your preparation, which I want to get to in a minute. Um, but I think let's, let's stay on this for a second. Um, a student uh, that is in college right now, um, sometimes they're in a community college or they're at another four year institution. I, I think there's this like cultural zeitgeist, this like cultural phenomenon where people think that transferring is a two years at one institution and then two years at another institution. So they'll say, oh, I got to get my two years in and then I'll do my two years there. And that is not necessarily the case. Uh, more specifically, I think it comes in a lot where students always use this term, oh, I got to get my GEs done before I transfer. And that is definitely not the case. And it's actually against everything that we recommend when you're applying as an engineering student uh, for admission to to USC. So um, first, uh, first thing is you can apply as early as your first year at another institution, because we just need to see basically 32 units, which is essentially your, your first year. And those, that, that latter half can be in progress when you're applying. So you can be in, if you took that first uh, semester of, let's say 16 units and you're going into your spring semester of 16 units. And that's when we are applying because it's February. That's okay. It doesn't have to be complete. It's just, it can be in progress. And then what are the classes that we're looking for in general? Of course, we have specific things that I want to get to, but what are we looking for in specific to, to understand and evaluate a candidate's preparation for the engineering curriculum, and, and how do we evaluate that? Hey, y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit hope to see you soon i guess i i like to separate things into like hard requirements basically Mm -hmm. non-negotiables like you will first of all you writing we have a writing requirement that all students have to complete for, for the US, university. For right. the university, right. So if you don't have that, there are s- certain circumstances where students might not have that available to them at their university or their university waived it with AP exams, for example. Those are all very unique circumstances, but generally speaking, everyone has to do that for admission. Now, specifically with Viterbi, we want to see Calc 2, Calculus 2, right? And so that will help us understand 
how you how your success will translate to USC. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to see higher level math because the USC's Viterbi program is very rigorous. And so we want to make sure that when you transfer, you'll be successful yeah. when you get to Viterbi. What else? Yeah, so so calculus two sort and writing sort of being the two major requirements that that you should have at least in progress. It can be it can be in progress at the time that you apply um, in that second semester. That's fine. Other things that we're looking for um, again, if you have completed Calc two, keep going in math. Do Calc three. Mm-hmm. Do linear algebra. Do differential equations because um, as far as the engineering curriculum goes, all of our engineering programs. To graduate, you need more than Calc 2. So just continue on with that if, right. if that's where you are in the sequence. Um, science also is something that we're going to be looking for. Um, we like to see two semesters of a lab-based science. So either chemistry, biology, or la- um, Calc-based physics are the courses that we're going to be looking for. Um, if you take one in the first semester, one in the second semester, you've met those those two lab-based requirements. Um, and that that's a strongly recommended. And again, depending on, on the major you're applying to, you know, they may not require two semesters of science in order to graduate, and so we'll work with you um, on that. But we really do want students to um, take at least two semesters of a, a lab-based science, again, in that biology, chemistry, or calc-based physics. And then beyond that, fill that in with GE. So as as Paul said, um, you know, if, if you're applying to a, a UC, you're following a Getze, or if you're applying to another major at USC, they say a lot of, you know, just take your general education courses, get them out of the way. Um, if you are planning your curriculum at your current institution, what I recommend is registering for math, registering for writing, registering for science, and then fill in the rest of your space with general education courses that that will transfer to USC, and that's sort of the the path that you should go as you're making those um, those curriculum choices at your current institution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the basics here are, are what you just mentioned, <clears throat> and then uh, every major, depending on if they're interested in studying electrical engineering versus biomedical engineering versus civil engineering, there are some slight variations on the sciences. Uh, specifically, and there might even be some variations on on specific math sequences depending on some curricula. And what I want to stop right now and, and go over is that all of this is on our website, and it's outlined, and then the specific course outlines are there for you too for each of those individual majors, and that's viterbiadmission.usc.edu slash transfer. So viterbiadmission.usc.edu slash transfer. You can look along in that as we discuss things. And you can see how these are all laid out. Uh, but quite simply, in, in its most simplest form, if you're coming out of high school in your first year at a community college or another university, we want to see in that first semester that equivalent of Calc 1 and the second semester is equivalent of Calc 2. Uh, let's say first semester of lab-based chemistry, then your second semester of lab-based chem- based chemistry, your first semester of writing, then the second semester of writing or the composition class at that university, and then a general education course. And what's important to understand is that you're not just taking – any calculus exam, or excuse me, any calculus uh, course, or any chemistry course, or any writing course, that you're referring to our articulation agreements or our articulation histories that are linked on the website I just gave you. So you can understand whether the course you're taking is an exact equivalent to the requirement at USC. And that is important, because if we just say take calculus, well, there are a number of classes that could have the name calculus in it and it may not be an actual equivalent to the course here at usc and our our main concern when we advise transfer students is that we don't want you to waste any time we want to reduce that time toward degree and we advise you to do something it's really in line with is this going to match up to a course that's required to of you 
at USC for whatever your specific degree program is that you're thinking about. And while that gets a little complicated, it takes some time, it's going to save time overall for you spending time towards your degree program. And there are some situations when you're looking at your university's articulation history or articulation agreement when it's linked on the website, you may not find an equivalent. And in that situation, we're going to need to make some best guesses and we can help with that and we can always uh, check what you're doing. And so uh, this is another reminder, not only can you check our website for all this information, but you can always ask us questions and send us information and have us check what you're thinking and does this make sense? We're, we, we don't expect you to do it alone and we want to make sure that we're helping in the best way possible, but we do expect you to actually do some initial legwork, to look into it, to go through these websites, to go through your articulation agreement and then send us like, this is my plan, this is what I'm thinking about doing and we can confirm with you, uh, specifically when you start to not run into equivalencies and that, that's hard. Uh, and then the other note I want to add in here as well is that we know that you're not just applying to USC. You're not thinking about applying to USC. And we understand that you might be applying to another university that has slightly different requirements. And so it's in your best interest to not put all your eggs in one basket, but to evaluate the courses that we're asking for and see where that might overlap with other program requirements, such as IGETC or some other university they might be thinking about. And they, they tend to in most situations, but we want to make sure that that's clear. Yeah. Does that sound? I think so, yeah. And I think where this not necessarily is easier, but a little bit more manageable is for students who are currently attending California community colleges because mm -hmm. I think USC has done some work trying to align their general education curriculum with IGETC. Now, I've had students who ask me, do you accept IGETC? USC does not, but before you get scared and you decide, oh, I'm not going to apply anymore, actually a lot of the classes, that they overlap, they overlap quite a yeah. bit. Yeah, so that's if you're following IGETC and you're concerned about GEs for USC specifically, don't be, because a lot of them will right. overlap too. And so maybe you might even be a high school senior thinking about already taking the transfer path and you're thinking about where should I go in my next steps? Should I try to go to another four year and transfer or go to a community college? To be quite honest, like my best advice is go to a community college because Always. you'll have those agreements that say exactly what will transfer to USC in the long run, you'll save money, too, compared to going to another university versus, oh, totally. you know, transferring from a community I mean, if college, there's anybody you know? that's in high school right now listening, I want to lay out two very specific things. Number one, the, the, the transfer path, I always want to consider a plan B. Like, let's get your app in and see if it's going to work out on the first year level, because let's see if that works out. We've got a four-year program that starts day one, and we're going to help you through that program. If that doesn't work out, we can help build a transfer plan with you after this whole process. And there's this common misconception like, oh, I have to go to a quote unquote better university or a four-year university because that's going to increase my chances. And it won't. And, and on the other hand of that, which is what you're getting at, community colleges are designed to put you into another school. So they create their curriculum to match up like with the Getsy or with the USC articulation agreements and where most of those overlap they're not going to see that same level of available coursework that are deemed equivalents to USC's or another four-year institution if they go to somewhere that's another private school uh, in California or if they go to another four-year institution across the country. And it's just because they think there's some sort of elevated status to that university, that is not true, and it might be adding more hurdles to their time if, they're, if their ultimate goal is to transfer to USC for the engineering school. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have a question for yeah, both. Go. As I'm learning, I'm new, and so I want to learn a little bit more about Viterbi and the transfer process. Um, we might have students who are listening to the podcast and who are saying to themselves, I want to apply, but I'm only in Calc 1. 
you know, or I, I only took <laughs> yeah. a semester of the lab science and I'm not enrolled in one right now. Should I still apply? What are my chances? These are the kinds of terms that get thrown around in students who are considering applying. So what are your, I guess, what's your advice on those students? So to clarify that, yeah. that student that's in Calc, only in Calc 1 yeah. this semester, like yeah. this week, mm-hmm. right? So they're in second semester, they're in Calc 1. And so Calc 1's in progress and the first semester. So basically they're applying without meeting our minimum recommended coursework. Correct. Right. Okay. So there are two answers. Everyone is always welcome to apply whenever they want to apply. We're never going to tell someone not to apply. That said, they would not be competitive with our typical applicant pool because we are unlikely able to evaluate their preparation for an engineering program. And I would personally recommend that they wait till the next application period where they have met those minimum recommendation cor- recommended courses so that they can be competitive with the applicant pool and be evaluated as such. Yeah, and I would agree. Um, like Paul said, you are more than welcome to apply. The only guarantee is in admission. If you don't apply, you won't get in. So you can always, you know, sort of throw your hat in the ring and see what happens. Um, and, and every year is different because we don't know what our applicant pool is going to look like from year yeah. to year. But, you know, if, if history is repeats itself we we get a lot of very qualified applicants who have completed that minimum calc 2 or at least have it in progress and so if a student's in calc 1 this spring semester um i I would also recommend wait one more year because you still have enough classes you can take you can take calc 2 in the fall and calc 3 in the spring and you can probably add a few more sciences and depending on your major we can um, help you find some classes that will transfer to the program that you're looking at Um, because like Paul said and and I just want to reiterate this the last thing I want any student to do is to to waste time taking classes that don't transfer to a program they're planning to study Um, and so we will help you find courses and if if there isn't an equivalent um, on that articulation history we will make best guesses um, to make sure that at any of the courses that you're taking will transfer in and so if a student's in Calc 1 this semester they still have a lot of classes that they could take that will transfer over and Mm -hmm. they'll be kind of making their progress in that curriculum path for that degree program. Does that answer? Yeah, it does. Okay, good. What a good one. Keep going. What other questions you got? <laughs> so <clears throat> I think when I compare the freshman process or the first year applicant process right. to the transfer process, there's a lot of emphasis placed on activities in the first year process. Right. Um, you know, clubs, volunteer work, internships, all this crazy stuff that students are doing, how does that play a role in the transfer process and more specifically with Viterbi? Totally. I think it, it plays a role because um, we do want to see, you know, beyond the being academically prepared for the, the curriculum for the program at USC, um, which a lot of the students who apply are, you know, would, would come here and do fine and their grades would be fine and they'd pass their classes. Um, but we're also looking for students who are a, uh, who will come here and, and take advantage of our opportunities, who are a good fit for the university, those sorts of things. And that's where those letters of rec and activities and those, those sorts of things come into play. Um, now the difference, there, there's a big difference between a first-year student's activity resume and a transfer student's activities resume because first-year students are all coming from the same place. They're seniors in high school. 
They live at home. They're all the same. <laughs> They're all the same. Transfer students have such varied backgrounds that there's there's really no recommendations or things we tell you that you should get involved in um, because you have some students who are in their first year of college. So they're still 18-year-olds. They might, if they're at the community college, they're still living at home. Um, and then we have students who have very different paths. Maybe they started college. It was not a good fit for them when they were you know, younger. Joined the Army. They've been out of school for six years. Now they're, you know, honorably discharged. They're going back to school. Um, some students get married. They have families. They have full-time jobs that they're kind of going to school mm -hmm. around. So those those activities are going to be very, very different. And so we're just trying to get an idea of how a student spends their time outside of class. Is it working full-time? Great. Yeah. Is it taking care of your family? Great. Is it being part of those student organizations at your community college? Wonderful. But we're just trying to get an idea of, of that student's sort of interests. Yeah, I think the, the, the key hang-up term here is activities mm -hmm. because that's a that's totally a high school uh, description. And so I want a transfer student to think about we're going to understand your academic preparation uh, and your academic kind of, you know, your grades, everything else, your transcripts and your grade reports. Um, but what the rest of the application is seeking to understand is who you are and how you spend your time and what your commitments are. Uh, what your uh, level of uh, I don't want to use I don't want to use involvement because I think that's similar to activities, but what what your your level of engagement is with your community and what is that community, uh, and if that starts to cover all these different elements. So are you are you working? Are you uh, do you have a family? Are you taking care of others? Like wh how are you spending your time? Uh, because we one thing that is very clear on the first year side is that all high school students are exactly the same. Uh, that we I, I can I can dictate exactly how they're spending their day. Uh, they go to school about 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. They have some sort of unknown period between 3 and dinner time. They then uh, eat dinner, and then they do homework, and then they go to bed and do it all over again. And there, there's only so many variables there, which is like after school, weekends, and summers. And so the application tells us all the things that they're doing in that time period, and that helps us understand how they're feeling their time. A transfer student has so many more open hours that are not committed to a specific class and so what, how are those hours being filled? And they're going to be so variable. So we, do, we just want to know how are they spending their time. And what we're trying to do is just understand them as people. Um, to, to go back a little bit on your question and talk about how first years are evaluated, uh, because so much of it is standard, it's about the variation in those subjective elements that becomes incredibly important as to how we're going to evaluate and um, admit students. And transfer students, while not at the same level, um, they, they, it's not that same regard, it, it's becoming more and more closer to that with each passing year because we're getting more and more competitive applicant pools, meaning more of our applicant pool is doing the minimum required standards and they're getting good grades, that they're starting to become very similar as far as preparation goes. Um, and our admission rate typically for transfer students over the last couple of years has been around 20%. Uh, and so it, when to go back a couple of questions before about chances of admission, um, it's not as competitive as our first year uh, school uh, applicant pool is, but it is still is very competitive. That's very competitive for a, a transfer um, applicant application pool. And that's very different than public institutions in particular. Uh, and so what we're trying to do is understand each applicant, understand each applicant's background, their, their history, what makes them who they are, what helps us understand the, the, um, the intervening circumstances that have created their story. And, and Becky went over a few different types of individual stories. They're all very personal. Uh, but first and foremost, can they 
pass muster with uh, their academic credentials? And if so, what we're trying to do is bring in students that are each incredibly different, valuable, and that can contribute different elements to our community here. Um, meaning that every year we have more qualified candidates than we have space for. And so in a selective admission process, we need to be able to understand them and evaluate and move forward. So it is possible to do all the minimum requirements we just talked about and not get admitted based on how that applicant pool is laid out. Uh, and I know that's uh, not very fair to transfer students because they just want to know what do I need to do to get in. And we're not a public institution where we have kind of do this and get in type situations. It's going to be selective. It's going to be qualitative. It's going to be have elements of subjectivity to it. Um, but I think at the end of the day that that makes for an incredible student body here at USC. And ultimately our incoming transfer class is approximately 140, 150. So we're only looking for about 140 to 150 students on any given year uh, that are going to be joining us as transfer students in the engineering school. That's way more than what you asked, but <laughs> does that start to round that out a little bit more? Do you think that students will understand that and grasp that a little bit more or what might be better to help them? No, I think so. I think that's important to understand that it's not just about academics, especially for USC Viterbi, where for a lot of other schools, it's just about the academics. Yeah. What is your GPA? Have you met the major requirements, have you met general education? Okay, let's see if we can accommodate you for admission. And it's important to totally. understand that this process, while academics are important so that we can see if you'll be a successful student here, it goes beyond academics yeah. in this process. Let me add one more thing onto sure. that. Um, and I, I want to make sure people are clear. Uh, you also can't have an amazing story and overcome a lack of that academic preparation. And sometimes we get that question. Oh, okay, so if I'm like... If I have like this really amazing thing that I do, or I have this amazing backstory, it, it, <laughs> that's not going to trump out the fact that you haven't taken Calc 2 or that you did poorly in Calc 2. And so we need to be able to see that you've done well in classes, that you have the academic credentials first, and then we can be selective about it. Hey everyone, this is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. I think that brings up another question you mentioning about retaking classes. I think a lot of transfer mm. students, when they first start, they might have a bumpy start. They're not ready to fully commit to academics again, um, but then they might take a break or for whatever reason, they come back and they do really well in their academics. How does that play a role when we're reading applications here in Viterbi? Um, that, it, that does take a role. So as we're reviewing the application, we read every part of the application. Um, when we're looking at your transcript, we are not just looking at your bottom line GPA. We are looking at the entire transcript, all the classes you've taken. Um, grade trends is a is a big is a big thing. So, um, you know, we we've had transcripts come through with C's and D's and F's in their first two years at a community college, but then straight A's for four years, and those students are admitted. Um, and but their their overall GPA is low because of those first few years. So that is definitely something that that we look at. Um, your most recent semesters are going to be your most important. 
Um, and usually those are the ones in the higher level math and science. And so um, those are the ones we're, we're really concerned about, your most recent semesters. And, and we will look at, at courses um, that you've re retaken. Um, it also brought up to my mind right before you asked that question about, uh, we get a lot of times a question, I'm about to get a C in this class, should I drop it for a W? Which is better? Neither. Neither. <laughs> Neither is better. Um, you know, it like Paul was saying, it's a very competitive application process. And so you definitely want to have A's and B's. Um, a W is not good. Um, you know, and uh, again, it also depends on what class. If it's a W in a, in a weightlifting class, okay. If it's a W in Calculus 3 and it's your third W in Calculus 3, that's of a concern. Um, you know, we, we want to see you taking those math and science courses and being successful in them. So one W on your transcript, not a huge concern, but multiple um, W's or low grades, especially in those math and science engineering type courses are going to be definitely be a concern. I want to make sure I give a slightly different example because I don't want students to hear, okay, cool. So I could just keep taking Calc 1 for as many semesters straight as I can, and that's what's going to get me in. No. Um, I specifically had a student uh, send me a transcript recently that um, was something we need to get to in a second. Um, basically has taken multiple attempts over the last two or three years to get started on our recommended curriculum. And every semester either fails classes, withdraws from classes, and the best grade is a C. And then more recently, uh, just started taking one class at a time. And it's their third or fourth attempt at that class. And then pulled out a B. And so I think in their head, they're thinking, oh, great, this is now working. And, and, and it, it's not. Um, the, the, because being enrolled full-time is something else that we recommend as well. And we, well, we understand that's not necessarily possible for everyone. And if that's true, if that's not possible for you because of any sort of family situation or what's going on in your life, let us know. And you're still welcome to apply. But in this particular case, that proves why full-time enrollment is important in our evaluation because this has actually shown us that over multiple semesters, full-time enrollment is not possible for success. The level of preparation, it's not working out. And what we, the last thing we want to do is admit someone who's going to not do well here. That doesn't do that student any good. It doesn't do them a service and it doesn't do, uh, it, it just, and it also becomes far more expensive. It's a possibility to become far more expensive. And, and we want to make sure that we're bringing in students that are going to be on par with our students that are already here and, and hopefully better. I think just, I want to um, emphasize something that Paul kind of briefly touched on is circumstances that you might have. Yeah. Um, really important to share those things on the application so that again, part of our process is not just what's your GPA, but understanding why you have a lower GPA than most, but in recent semesters, you've really improved. So just, you know, don't make things up if nothing's ever happened to you. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you've had personal circumstances, family circumstances, mental health, I think that's a really big thing in, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? It's affecting a lot of people, both yeah. at in many levels. Make sure you include that information yeah. in the application. We want, we're human and we understand that you're human too. So we want to know that information as we're reviewing the application. I, I commonly tell students, we can only go off of what is in that application. And if they don't put it in the application, we don't know it. We can't consider it. And uh, we can't, we don't know it. We can't understand it. We can't consider it. That said, understanding is the key part. And so having bad days is, is definitely not that element. And I know that's not what you mean. 
Um, but we want students to understand that like if, if things are happening and it's, it's definitely had an effect, uh, I will guarantee you that we probably saw it in your transcript, right? If you see this like one weird semester, we can see something happened. Why don't you just tell us what happened? Because that's going to help us understand uh, what what path you've been on, and and at least we can consider it. Th- those things said, that doesn't necessarily mean like that makes everything wonderfully and magically okay because it's still a competitive uh, review process. But we do need to understand it so that we can consider it in our process. That's an excellent point. Great. I can I want to take a like a one eighty kind sure. of. Sure. Let's do it. Let's flip around. Um. So we've got students who are listening to us. They're engineers. Um. And let's say they're applying to computer science or aerospace, and we haven't mentioned taking any CS classes. We haven't mentioned taking <laughs> mm-hmm. any actual yep. engineering classes in yep. the entire podcast. So what's what's that looking like for transfer students? What are your recommendations for these kinds of courses? So uh, we actually don't have any recommendations for any engineering courses um, because the likelihood of them transferring is slim to none. Um, and so... As an engineering student, there's a lot of courses you can take um, at community colleges or other institutions that will transfer. Four semesters of math, three semesters of physics, two semesters of chemistry. You know, there's lots of courses, all the GEs. Um, and so I think I think the thing about um, engineering programs, and, and again, this kind of talks to why transferring from another four-year institution might not be the best idea. Is more complicated. It's much more complicated um, because schools design their curriculum with no other school in mind. USC designs its engineering curriculum for USC, (laughs) not to transfer to other schools. Um, And so there's a lot of courses. Maybe you can take an intro to engineering course or maybe you can take some some programming courses and they won't necessarily transfer to USC because they could be taught differently here or there's different different topics. They they cover different topics um, or different material. And so we actually don't have any recommendations. There are best guesses that we can give you if you've maxed out on the math and the science and you have one, sem- one more semester and you're looking for courses to take, um, that will... It's rare you find yourself in that situation to begin with if you follow right. this track from the get-go. Right. Um, but if you are a CS student or, or you're hoping to pursue computer science, um, we recommend C++. Not Java, not Python, C++. After you've done those minimum classes that we already yes. talked about, not in lieu of that. Yes. This is. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but <laughs> I'm going to make a big point there. You don't just, oh, I don't need to take Calc, I'll just take C++. No. No. Um, because the, the that computer science course, that C++ course, is not going to show up on the articulation history. There's a placement test you can take. If you know C++, you might be able to get out of our intro course. Um, and certain level faculty or certain departments and major by major with no yeah. promises, we, we might be able to be able to grant a waiver, yeah. even though it doesn't show up on an articulation agreement. And so we, you know, we can kind of help you find those. We can give you recommendations. But that is after you have gotten through at least Calc 2. You've gotten through your two semesters of science. You've completed your writing. Those are going to be much more important. Yeah. Um, you know, 15 computer science courses and Calc 1 is is not going to get you into the computer science program at USC. Yeah. There's a few other examples. Uh, if you find yourself in that situation, like you've been going to college on this engineering path and you've been successful, mm-hmm. um, but with, with programming at the computer science side, but also on the other majors, like mechanical and civil, like statics yeah. and dynamics. Aerospace, type. mechanical, astronautical, and civil, statics, dynamics, and strength of materials are courses that if your school offers them, you can yeah. take. Um, and they, again, will not show up on the articulation history, but a lot no. of times they will. you will get the credit for them. Yeah, they might show up under the transferable courses, but they mm-hmm. won't show up under the equivalencies, uh, which I want to come back to about definitions. 
just remind me when we get to that. Um, but that's where you need to do individual um, counseling with us. And so if you're out there and you're thinking you're in that situation, send us an email. Uh, for any transfer students that are looking for help, send us an email, vadmit, V-A-D-M-I-T, at usc.edu. Send us an email. Let us know what's going on. And, and it's always helpful to, to attach a grade report, even if it's an unofficial, like you just looked at your, 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 your login at your, at your community college or your school. Give us a grade report so we can see exact course names and course titles. It is very unhelpful for you to email us and say, yeah, I've already taken Calc and I've already taken this. And we don't know what you mean by that. We don't know how many semesters. We also don't know what grades you've had. So it's also really good to give the full grade report so we can advise and be transparent about this process. And we always will be because if we're running into issues, we want to be able to say that. Um, so that's an important point. But strengths, materials, all those things will come in for some other areas. My, my question is terminology transferable class equivalent class not transferable these all get thrown around in different ways they get used in different ways and on our articulation agreements there are specific definitions that i know trip up people right because they'll look at courses that transfer for credit versus the equivalencies and think they're following all the right plans oh you want us to talk about yes i do (laughs) um and correct me if I'm wrong, which I could be, because even even we use those words interchangeably when we shouldn't. That's what, it's what we've used it a few times, so I want to make sure. Yeah, we've used transferable when we're talking about course equivalencies. And so, as I understand, equivalencies are when a course is taught the same at this institution at institution A versus institution it B. It gets you the exact credit at that class here at USC. You're learning the same topics. You're going over the same material. It's equivalent. Then there are courses that are close enough <laughs> or will get you. No. There's actually an overlap <laughs> between equivalencies and transferable courses. Yes. So um, equivalency courses, it's you're taking your version of physics and it's going to transfer exactly into USC's physics 151. Um, I right. think that's the number. Yeah, right? yeah. So you, And it's both transferable and an equivalent yes, course because right. it's going to transfer into an exact USC course. Thank you. Then there's the transferable courses, which if you're following the articulation history or agreement, I believe that's part three. That lists every course that will transfer to USC, which includes equivalencies from the part two in the articulation history and agreement. But this lists every course that will transfer. Not all of those courses have an equivalency at USC. Um, So like, for example, you could be taking a random music class that will earn you elective credit here but it doesn't transfer into an exact usc music class so that's where like we might be confusing some people but to clarify that's kind of like the differences between those two the first thing i do when i sit down with a transfer student is i show them the articulation agreement and i very quickly show them part one is general education highlight the writing requirement I go to part two, which is course-to-course equivalencies, and we talk about the specific equivalencies to Calc 1, Calc 2, sciences, etc. And then I go to part three, and I just exit out. Because if you're ever looking for courses down there, you're not finding courses, A, that we're asking for, B, that are going to count towards your degree requirements at USC. And so to point out, when you get elective credit, that's not part of your degree requirements for an engineering degree at USC. And we're worried about your efficiency and your time toward degree. We don't want you to take those things because it's not necessarily going to get you anything. It will say transferable for unit credit, but trust me, 
with an engineering degree, you have plenty of units to graduate. Another major at USC may just need to pull up lots of different electives to graduate, but engineering students do not. So that's why I always want to clarify what that means. So whenever we're saying transferable, we're really talking about course equivalencies. We want to advise toward course equivalencies. What's the next, what's another FAQ or another question? There? So one question that, that we get, and these two kind of go together. Um, one is I'm a junior at XYZ university. Can I just come to USC for one year and get my degree? No. Okay. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So while USC doesn't have a, a sort of minimum of 64 units to transfer, we do have a minimum of 64 units to complete at USC to yes. get a degree from USC. So at least half of a, a bachelor's degree you do need to complete here. As an engineering student, um, as we've kind of been saying, a lot of the engineering and computer science courses at other institutions don't transfer. So you are still going to have at least 64 units of engineering coursework to complete to get that degree. Um, this kind of goes along with this, this similar question of, well, I'm a sophomore now, so I'm transferring as a junior, so I should only have two more years to graduate, which may be the case, but also it might not be. Um, I, Whenever I get that, that question, like, will I transfer as a junior, I kind of turn it around and I say, well, let's see how many classes you have left to take. So while you yeah. technically might have junior status, you still might have three years here depending yeah. on the courses that you've already taken. The sequence of classes that might work in. Yeah. Exactly. So if you've done two years somewhere else and you've just completed Calc 2, well, you're probably going to have more than two years to complete yeah. your degree at USC. And so that that's really what I like to focus on just because then that gives students a good perspective of uh, the time that it's going to take, yeah. you know, the financing it's going to take to actually complete that degree. To get a degree from USC, you have to do at least a minimum two years here that's the 64 units and then anybody transferring in with engineering it got at least that amount of at least that amount of work to go sometimes it's two and a half sometimes it's three depending on when they come in and exactly what classes they've taken but you can't just wrap up a degree you can't just transfer and be like oh i'm just gonna do my one more year um the thing i always sometimes when we get working with transfer students and they may get upset because Specifically when they're coming from another four-year institution, it's not so much the community college level because they know what they're doing. Um, they'll say, well, at my old university, that's all I needed to do was this, this, and this. I'm like, well, when you transfer, you're saying, I'm throwing away the old rules and I'm now adopting the USC rules because you're not going to get a degree at that institution. Now you're saying, I want to follow rules at USC, which is essentially what's happening. It, 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 we have to be the bearer of bad news. That like, yeah, well, you, you threw away that class. That's not required of you here. But now these three classes are, those are the things we want to discuss, especially when you're coming from a four-year institution. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, no. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, students who do come from four years, they're usually at very strong engineering programs. Um, and so you would think that they would all just be the same, a top tier engineering program, yeah. but, but they're just taught, they're just taught different. And so those credits don't yeah. always come over. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you both bring up a good point um, about, like, can I just transfer as a junior? No. Um, to add a layer to that, there's also a maximum number of units that yeah. you can transfer to USC, and that maximum is 64. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I, to be quite honest, if you're so close to graduating at your other university, finish. finish over there and then come here for a master's program. Come for grad school. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, you're if you're doing really well, you're, you can probably be a competitive student for a graduate program mm -hmm. anywhere, but um, don't, I guess, don't, you know, if you have, if you're so close to your degree, don't, you have to come spend here another two years, 
that's going to be like five years, six years earning an engineering degree that you could be done with within a year. So again, you know, we don't want to ever discourage anyone from applying to transfer, but the reality is you have to do two years here. And so think about how much more time you have left at your current university versus how much more time you'll have to do a degree here at USC as well when you're thinking about transferring. Totally. And then I just want to um, comment on the, the maximum number of units that a student can transfer in is 64. If you are a student with more units than that, you can still apply. Yeah, don't worry you can about still it. come in. It's so not that we're going like to say, oh, you have 80 units. We can't bring you in. That is not the case. It's just in, on your record at USC, you'll only come in with 64 units. Um, we've had students transfer in the past who had completed 150 units at Bakersfield Community College because <laughs> um, he didn't know what he wanted to do. And when he found engineering. It took a lot of time and took time he, off and yeah. did like all these different things. Yeah. He focused on engineering, finished those classes in a couple of semesters, came here, finished here in I think two, two and a half. And, and we'll select which courses will come over mm-hmm. towards the efficiency, towards your degree. It's not like the first 64. We'll, we'll, It'll be, be to your benefit. Yeah, if your calculus two courses are units seventy to seventy four, we're okay. not going to make you retake calc yeah, two. We can, we can cherry pick <laughs> the specific classes that are going to be part of the sixty four. Other thoughts? Other questions? Um, kind of going back to academics, students applying. Um, this is very general to bring yeah. up a topic of conversation, but for transfer students who have AP credits or IB mm, credits, yeah. um, how are those being looked at? specifically for engineering and are they getting course to course equivalencies for some of these credits that they earned in their high school or secondary institution? In general, um, this is a kind of a complicated answer. So correct me if there's an easier way to do this, but um, let's say they took some sort of AP class that got them out of some sort of, let's go back to writing. That's, that's one of my favorites. Let's say they took AP English. And they got a four or five on that. And that grants them the equivalency at their community college for Comp 101, Composition 101. So that means they start out with Comp 102. That's fine for us because we need to see Comp 102. We don't need to see them take Comp 101 at their school. Um, But in that same situation, we never grant any credit for AP English, um, specifically to a degree requirement. But that's okay. It's moving them up in their sequence. So if their community college is accepting it and granting them a course for that credit, we will uh, understand and um, accept that course, not necessarily what the AP credit was, but what it turned into. And so if that turned into Comp 101, we'll see it as they took Comp 101. Um, and then in some situations, it will carry over for us as well. But usually it's it's to their benefit. It won't be to their detriment. But that said, if a student, let's say, has taken the equivalency of Calc 2 in high school, does that mean that they're ready to transfer? No, we need to see courses at college, at the college level. Um, and I'm not going to get into an argument with someone to say that APs are college level courses, but I need to see courses in uh, in college at the university in the year that they're applying. I need to see how they're doing that. So if they've done Calc 2 in high school and that puts them in Calc 3 in college, I still need to see two semesters. And I see Calc 3, we need to move on to linear algebra, DFEQ, whatever the next sequence is as listed on our website. I think that was clear. Yeah, Beautiful. definitely. That was one thing I was going to mention is if a student gets a five on the BC test, gets that Calc 1 and 2 credit, that's great. Continue on. Because again, yeah. they're all every single engineering major has additional math required beyond Calc 2. And we want to see how you do in a college setting. Because And this kind of talks about being a full-time student as well. 
if you're admitted to USC, if you come here, we want you to be a full-time student. And so we are going to want to see how you do in a college-level math class. And where the high school course was taught over a full year, your college-level courses are taught in a semester. So mm-hmm. half the time, yeah. more information half the time. And so we want to see how you do in that in that situation, in that course. Um, so continue on with the math. Just don't, don't think, oh, I got my writing equivalency from my um, Check. AP. Done. Talk to you for with my AP. I'm just going to take a bunch of fun classes. Um, we want to see you take those academic courses that go towards your degree at the college or, or uh, yeah. university that you're at. Admission is a game of comparison. It's not a game of evaluating certain scores and certain things accomplished. And so how do how does your academic history in these particular courses in a similar setting compare to others? That's what we're trying to understand, not whether you've checked a box. Cool. <laughs> we're all looking at each other. I think we're out of questions. I have a question, and I would like, Becky, I think maybe you're a good person okay. to do this. Um, what I, I see on your website this thing called 3-2. Oh. Please tell me what this is. I didn't know if I should bring that up or not. Please tell me what it isn't. <laughs> I didn't. Please tell me what it is. Please tell me what it isn't. Okay. And uh, help students understand, because the majority of your applicants are not in 3-2. We'll yes. just do that right now. Um, and mostly for the majority of the audience, this does not apply and you don't need to worry about this. But for our any listeners that might be at any of our partner institutions, let's help them understand what that means. So the 3-2 program is a specific program between USC and select partner institutions. Um, we have an agreement with them. We have signed agreements with our school, with their school. Um, and you can find the list on our website of the schools that we have partnered with. Um, and there's there's other universities around the country that have a 3-2 program. Um, and so if a student is at one of these partner institutions, um, they can do three years there. They're, they're usually liberal arts colleges, um, usually religiously affiliated. And so it's, it's sort of a, a different undergraduate experience. And so students will do three years at that school, getting a bachelor's degree, and then they will apply um, to USC in their third year. It is not guaranteed admission. I want to stress that. It is not guaranteed that you will be admitted to USC, but you apply in your third year. Um, If you are admitted to the program, then you come here and you do two years of basically nothing but engineering classes and you get your engineering degree. And so you have a bachelor's from the liberal arts school and you have a bachelor's of science and engineering from USC Viterbi in a five-year time span, basically is what it is. Um, It is a fabulous program for students who are interested in going to a small liberal arts college, um, you know, possibly having that sort of religious education in their undergraduate years, um, but still are interested in engineering as well. Um, Also, students who have done the program um, have chosen it because they were able to play sports at the smaller school, and that was something they wanted as part of their experience. So there there are some reasons that that it is a a great program um, and the right fit for some students. What it is not (laughs) is a sort of backdoor into USC, another option. Um, If your goal is to get an engineering degree from USC, just apply to USC or go to a community college and transfer. Um, That is the easiest route. That is the fastest route. Um, You know, it's the most straightforward. Yeah, it's the most straightforward route. Why spend three years at a school that you're not? really interested in attending just to come, you know, spend three years there just to come here and, and do two years. So um, it's, again, it's a really unique program yeah. that is great for some students. But like Paul said, the majority of you, 
this is not for you. Um, Don't be deterred by it if you see it. Don't think that there's another program going on where, oh, that's where everybody gets in because that's not the case. I mean, when we're talking about the enrollment of our 3-2 students, we're talking about maybe, I think, 8 to 10% of each incoming class. Is what yes. we're getting at here? I mean, like, like, 10, like 10 students. 10, <laughs> 10 maybe 15 yeah. max on each given maybe. year. It's a small population. It's a very small, small program. And, and even in the students in that program, if you find yourself at that institution um, and you realize I'm in my first year and I don't know whether I want to do two more years here, you don't have to do the 3 2 right. You could just transfer. There, yeah. there is no locked in version of that. And so a lot of students are. are either misled or they don't understand. And, and so we want people to understand that if you have questions about this and just need clarification, just contact us. We're happy to help you. Uh, if your goal is to come to USC Engineering, we want to help you get here in whatever way is best for you. 3-2 works when you have an equal interest in whatever university is. If you have an equal interest in one of our partner institutions for whatever reason and USC Engineering. But if the goal is USC Engineering, uh, we don't want students to go down that path unless they really want to. And also, if you are thinking of going to a school that is not a partner institution, you cannot do the three two program. Um, so we, we there get is no students such thing as a part, as a three two program unless you're at a partner institution. Yes, we That's get students who who call and say, "I'm not at one of those fifteen or so partner institutions. Can I still do three two? No, because we have specific agreements with these schools that we don't have with other universities. Um, in the country so but you just apply as a transfer student just the the rest of our conversation so that's why it's sometimes misleading cool anything else i had a question yeah but i forgot so let me (laughs) just quickly think about it pressure's on i know pressure's on i I wish i had the jeopardy music ready i don't oh i remembered look at that it worked (laughs) yes (laughs) um so I think some universities, when students transfer, you're locked into that major that you transfer into. So just, um, is that the case for engineering students here? When they transfer, they select CS, they come here and realize, I don't want to do that anymore. Are they stuck in, stuck, I hate to use that word too, but are they stuck in CS or can they switch around in engineering if that's what they so please? So that kind of relates to one of the FAQs on our website about is one major harder or easier to get into. Um, the answer to uh, Angie's question about if you, you know, if you're admitted to one of our programs and you start in that program, can you switch? Yes, absolutely. Um, if you are admitted to one of the majors within the Viterbi School of Engineering, you are actually admitted to all of the majors within the Viterbi School. So if you start in CS and decide you want to do biomedical, you can switch to biomedical. It may, you know, it'll change the courses required for graduation and it may change your graduation date, but you are able to do that and I think that's why a lot of students choose USC as they have that flexibility which then turns around and kind of talks about the admission process is one major harder to get into than another no because if a student is admitted to one major they're admitted to all majors and so we do um, the application review process knowing what type of engineering they're interested in studying but also knowing that they could always change their mind and so we review all the applications the same which is why computer science students don't have cs courses required um, in the application process it's just those math and science courses across the board for any major that students are applying to because they do have that flexibility to switch around yeah cool cool yeah all right so as a reminder If you are thinking about applying for admission as a transfer student, the application is due February 1st. 
You can go to our website and read a little bit more about it, understand the articulation agreements, understand the transfer plans, and also there's links directly to the application, but it's also all through the Common App. It is due February 1st. You need to meet that deadline. Uh, a couple of reminders, you don't need letters of rec. We don't need, what else? Some other things. Test scores. Test scores and like that. Um, we one of, sorry, one of the other FAQs was I've gone to more than one college. Is that okay? Yes. Send every transcript that you have. Yeah. Um, if you're at six different community colleges right now, fine. Just send them all. Um, but that's really the only Oh, do all my transcripts have to be in by February 1st? No. You can submit the Common App and get it in, and those transcripts can come later. We can always begin reviewing an application before it's complete, but we cannot make an admission decision until all of that information is complete. Uh, another key note is that if you're an international student, there are a few other things required of you related to English proficiency, like the TOEFL or the IELTS, and also um, uh, financial, financial support student. documentation. Our website, if you just Google USC admission international requirements, you'll see all this information, and you must complete that information. I know we get a lot of questions on, like, do I really? Yes, you really. <laughs> and we've been getting a lot of questions on our web chat about, do I really? And Yes, you really have to do that. And those, those are university requirements. That's not us. Uh, it's not us. It's a university. So you got to do yeah. that. Um, when do students hear back about admission, specifically transfer admission? <laughs> so transfer students will hear back with either an admission decision, whether it's yes or not yes, or <laughs> Is that your way to nice up the yes. notes? Um, whether we're able to admit them or not? Yes, whether we are able to admit them you or gotta, not. You got to not, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always get the question. Oh, so when I get rejected, we're not. We don't rejecting reject. I know anyone. we're all very it's, sensitive about that. It's not like something we like to do. No. Um. So you will hear an admission decision on whether we're able to offer you admission or not, or you will uh, get a request for spring grades. Um. So for students who are in their first year, or if you're enrolled in Calc two this semester, it's likely you'll get a request for spring grades. We want to see that Calc two grade, um, but you'll get one of those um, notifications by May 31st. Sometimes earlier, usually not. <laughs> usually right on May 31st. We'll shoot for earlier this year, but yeah, maybe not. <laughs> but just know we that try. Try. at least at the very latest, May 31st, you will get um, notification of one of those decisions, whether it's an actual decision or a request for spring grades. Um, and then after May 31st, if you do get a request for spring grades, we will issue those decisions as your transcripts come in. Yeah. And if any of those recommended courses that we talked about before require courses that we talked about, Calc 2, second semester lab-based science, if any of those are in progress, you can pretty much be guaranteed we're going to ask for spring grades. Uh, the other thing is that when you submit spring grades, it's not like we're just waiting for that to come in and then we're going to issue an admission decision on you. You have to think of it as a whole new pool of applicants. And so we've we've issued a request for spring grades to a number of different applicants, some of which their semesters end in May, some end in the beginning of June, some end at the end of June. And so likely we'll do another round, again, of comparison of those applicants probably in July. And so there'll be some students, if you're in that element, you probably won't, you'll get a request for spring grades at the end of May, and you probably won't actually receive an admission decision until... End of June. End of June, sometimes early July after 4th of July is... I think the latest date for that is July 8th. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that kind of brings up a topic that some transfer students, other universities might have earlier commit days where you mm -hmm. have to submit your enrollment. So... Well, we want you to come to USC. Don't wait on USC to yeah. give you a decision, especially if we've asked for spring grades because we realize our process is a little different than other universities. Mm -hmm. So 
Don't wait to hear from us when you've got offers from other universities. If you are admitted to USC, then make that decision about whether or not you want to enroll at USC. But just want to throw that out there because students last year when I was in Central, they were emailing. They were like, my deadline to enroll at another university is coming up. What should I do? What should I do? Just want to be very honest about that. Our process is a little bit extended for students with spring grade requests. And and yeah, and we can't get those decisions to you earlier. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I mean, Angie, this is your first time on the podcast. Congratulations. Great job. Great job. The whole, the whole audience is going wild for you. Thank you. Totally going wild for you. Uh, so thanks so much for being here. And uh, that's it, y'all. Yay. Bye. 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 <laughs>